You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Well, good morning, all. Welcome to SciFair Christian Church. We're glad that you are here with us, worshiping with us this morning. Before you sit down, some of you, I almost caught you. Stand up, find somebody around you, say hello, and we'll continue with our service. Well, as people make their way into the service here, I'm going to make a few announcements here this morning. First of all, I want to just welcome you. If you're a guest and this is your first time here, we are so thankful that you're here. We, uh, we've been expecting you and we have a gift for you. And so if you would, there's a connection card in the back of the pew, a little index card. You can fill that out and take it to that big desk out in the foyer area. And we have a special gift for you. So make sure you fill one of those out and, um, and give it to one of the welcome team members on your way out for that free gift. We are glad that you're here. We, uh, we hope that this place is a place that feels like home to you, a place where you feel like you're part of a family, um, because that's how we feel about each other, and, and uh, we welcome you here. We're glad that you're here and excited to worship with you this morning. I do want to highlight a couple of things that are in your bulletin. First and foremost, this is a summer season, and while some things kind of wind down for some of the ministries for children's and student ministries, it really ramps up. There are a lot of activities going on. And so there is a uh, 24-6 retreat coming up. We've got VBS coming up. We've got Tanglewood Christian Camps coming up for, for uh, elementary school kids and junior high kids. There's all kinds of events going on. You can go to our website to check out our student and children's events happening. For any of those kinds of uh, events like the, the, uh, the Tanglewood Christian Camp and some of those other things, if you are interested in, in a scholarship for your child, there's scholarships available thanks to the generosity of you and, and the success of the, the recent golf tournament. There are scholarships available for families, especially you know when you got several kids that you're sending to camps and all different sorts of places, we know it can be tough. And so these scholarships might make it a little easier for you. You can contact Jeff or Travis or call the front office, uh, go to our website and you can get some more information on that. Another thing that I, I do want to highlight is our life groups have kicked off for the summer session. These life groups meet for eight to, to 10 weeks. Some groups meet a little bit longer than that. These are groups of about 10 people or so who are really just doing life together, connecting with others, uh, opening up scripture, taking time to, uh, to get into the word and fellowship with one another, just doing life together. And so I want to encourage you, uh, our groups have already started, but there's still time. If you want to get plugged into a group, you can do that. Uh, you can go to our, our website. You can go to our app. If you have our mobile app, you can, you can uh, just go to the sign up section and there will be a list of all of the life groups that you can sign up for. These groups meet at different times. They cover different topics. They have different teachers. They have uh, different days of the week that they meet. And this summer, we actually have something new. We've got a couple of new uh, interest groups. So there's a painting group that meets tonight. There is a, a men's basketball group that meets on Wednesday nights. There are, there's a knitting group that meets. And so uh, if you're interested in any of those, it's just about making connections with others, fellowshipping with others, doing life with folks. And so if you have any questions about that, you can ask me or you can simply sign up on the app or on our website. Last thing uh, that I want to highlight is an upcoming trip that we have available to you. And so I want to 
direct your attention to the screen and watch a quick video. Look at my fellow travelers from CFCC and God is there. Look at the place where I stayed with the incredible Living Water staff and God is there. Look at the Arizona villagers being generous in spite of not getting a well and God is there. Look at the other village, Mariposa, joyful and diligent too alongside us and God is there. Look at the faces of the people I met throughout my trip, and God is there. Look close at the physical and spiritual blessings I received in Honduras, and God is there. Look wherever I go, and God is there. Well, if you've never been on a Living Water International trip, it is a life-changing experience. I probably could have done a better job setting up that video, but uh, Nancy uh, recently went on a trip with a couple of other, other team members, uh, Greg Duncan and, and uh, Bob Boozer, and uh, helped install a well here in this tiny little village in a, in a place that didn't have clean water. And you, you take for granted all of the things that clean water can change in your life. And so not only were they a part of meeting this physical need, but they took an opportunity to present the spiritual need that we all have uh, for living water in Christ Jesus. We're going to be taking another living water trip, July 21st through the 28th. This is in your bulletin here at the, the top of the second page. And this is going to be a special trip because it's going to be in honor of Larry Metcalf. And those of you who remember Larry, a big part of our church and a part of our staff for many, many years, a huge part of my life. And it was really Larry that sort of at the very uh, beginning years ago um, sort of lit this spark at Cypher Christian Church for missions. And again, something that we take for granted, something that's just a part of our DNA here but it all started with Larry's passion and kind of caught fire at CFCC. Um, we have installed well after well after well. Just at Living Water International, we have um, mission organizations that we partner with all over the world. We've been on tons of short-term mission trips, and it all started uh, with that tiny spark created by Larry Metcalf. And so this trip is going to be in honor of him and his commitment to missions. If you're interested, you can reach out to Bob Boozer. His email is here. And this trip is going to be July 21st through 28th. Again, there are scholarships available. If this is your first time on a mission trip, there are scholarships available that you can check out. If you have any questions, please call us, email us, uh, throw something at us. We want to get you on this trip if we can. Uh, it's a great opportunity. And please don't let anything Stand in your way. If God is calling you to do this, uh, we, we want you to be a part of it. Amen. As we prepare to give our offerings to the Lord, let's do it as an act of worship, remembering that He is our portion, meaning that He will satisfy. He's the only one who will satisfy. This week, we saw in the news 
some tragic deaths of some high profile people and the nation was saddened by it and what I was reminded of was that there's nothing in this world there's nothing good enough in this world to satisfy us to meet the deepest needs of our hearts no material possessions but not even people in this world as dearly as we love them can meet the desires of our hearts and so we turn to Jesus today believing believing in faith that he can meet those needs he is our portion he is the one who satisfies as we give of our offerings here today let's just go before him and praise him for that and ask him to give us faith to believe that father god we come to you this morning in the name of our savior jesus christ who completed that work on the cross for us We give of you here today. We give to you these offerings. And while it's not always easy to give, Lord, we do so joyfully. We do so cheerfully. Because we believe, Lord, that you will satisfy us. You are our provision. You are sovereign over us. And so we declare that here with this act, a symbolic act that you are the only one. May this offering be to the glory of your name and your renown. May you use it, Lord, to bless others and to move your kingdom forward. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. God is in control. God's in control. Um, Regardless if we're going through a storm in our life, regardless if we're going through uh, a beautiful chapter in our life, um, at the dawn, sunset, sunrise, how do we know that? How do we know that is true? Because God has a great story from the beginning of creation to the end of everything as we know it. God demonstrated his love to us, to you, to me, and that while we had blown it and that while we had chosen our way over God's way, God demonstrated his love so that we might live in relationship with him. That's grace. That's the most wonderful gift we'll ever be given in our life. So each week, we have this opportunity as people who've crossed the line of faith, as people who have entered a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to celebrate at this table of grace. You'll be given a piece of bread in your hand. 
the server says this is the body of Christ broken for you. We're reminded that Christ left heaven's throne to come to this earth as a servant to ultimately give his life for each of us. He who did not deserve death gave his life so that we who do deserve death might receive life everlasting. You dip that bread in a cup, the blood of Christ shed for you. Personal sacrifice, a personal gift. I encourage you, if you've not unwrapped the gift, you might unwrap it today and embrace Jesus Christ as your savior. If you have unwrapped that gift, I encourage you to come celebrate at this table of grace. Father, we thank you for the most incredible gift in all of creation, the gift of life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the one who gave his life that we might have life. Father, we celebrate now in Jesus' name. Good morning. So good to be with you guys this morning. Um, Several things have happened this weekend. It's a big weekend uh, for one particular person in this room in particular. Um, Let's celebrate with Jeff Williams. He um, graduated yesterday, finished his master's degree pursuit. Closed out a big chapter in his life and uh, starts a new chapter. And uh, we're thankful for Jeff and we've watched him work hard and not making light of this, just um, really commending a long journey. How long have you been pursuing this degree, Jeff? Ten years. I almost tied you when I finished up my last degree um, for eight years And so I'm really um, thankful, thankful for your pursuit and look forward to reading that paper, last paper on On theology of immigration. immigration. Very interesting. Look forward to reading that. Yeah, you can clap again. (laughs) Jeff will be beginning a mini, I mean, you know, no time to, to waste here. Jeff will be beginning a mini series Um, next week entitled Summer Reading, and he will take us on a journey through four New Testament epistles in three Sundays. (laughs) That's some summer reading right there. So I hope you're you're ready for that. Uh, This morning uh, is the last Sunday of our balance series. And, And guys, I appreciate you taking this journey with me. And I appreciate your feedback, your emails, your encouragement. Um, teaching on money it is a little challenging, but I'm just here to tell you, God does not want something from you. God wants something for you. And I believe that. I love teaching on money, um, not because I want your money, but because God wants your heart. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so I've recruited a few people today. I've made a a fool out of myself. And and so um, come on forward, Carrie. Carrie Esner, give her a hand. Come forward, Carrie. 
Carrie, if you would show others that you can do this as well. Put your right or, right or left hand, depending on what you are. And focus because you have to make... I've needed her the whole time. Yeah, one more time, Carrie. You have to maintain your focus, right? Or you can't do this. You can't, uh, Carrie, they're laughing. Show them, show them. You have to maintain your focus. You have to be knowing where your money's going. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, thank you. You have to be knowing where your money's going. Guys, it doesn't sound very spiritual. I'm telling you right now, it's one of the most spiritual things you will do tracking your finances. Tracking your finances. It doesn't matter whether you have little when it comes to finance or a lot when it comes to finance. Track your finances. It's spiritual to know where your money's going. Josh, come forward. All right. The second thing is you need to establish a clear objective. Establish a clear. I recommend move away from this little stage. Um, um, And don't go down the aisle because Ray's right there and we don't want to have another episode, Dale episode. All right. Josh's objective is to not hit someone, but it's also to keep this pole vertical. All right, not horizontal. And, um, and, and so he's doing a great job maintaining a focus, but also he has a clear objective. Uh, in a few weeks, I'll be walking across a log, right, in Colorado, crossing a stream. I don't like wet feet, so my objective is to get to the other side. All right? So you, you need to um, have, establish a clear objective, and our objective, anyone remember, is to... Nope, that's the third thing. Come on, guys, this is my favorite message. To honor God. Thank you, to honor God. You know, to take care of our, thank you, Josh, to take care of our family, meet our family's needs, that is biblical. Um, To live comfortable in retirement, that's not a bad objective, right? To do better than live from week to week, that's not a bad objective, But guys, in all of those things, we can honor God. And it's critical. It's critical to honor God with our finances. Joey Newman, come forward at this time. Stephanie, did you know I was going to try to embarrass him? You didn't? Hey, I I love embarrassing Joey. Don't you think I should embarrass him, Joey? I mean, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. I got a stick. You do have a stick. I will move. All right. The third thing is to make constant corrections, constant corrections. See Joey's right hand, constant corrections, right? You, you have to maintain your focus. You have to establish a clear objective and you have to make constant corrections. First of all, you got to be careful when it comes to debt because the debtor is a slave to the lender, Second, keep going, Joy, you have to know what you're doing with the extra in your life. You know, you can spend all your extra, you can party on all your extra, you can fill up your 401k with all your extra, but God says, I, one more time, I have blessed you, I saved Joey for last, isn't that awesome? And, uh, and, and we're blessed to be a blessing. Last week, we talked about, oh, come on, Dale, pull it out of, oh, discontentment. 
discontentment, right, is an issue. So awareness, though, drives our discontentment. Discontentment drives our spending. And aw- thank you, Joey. Thank- give him a hand. I'm not picking that thing up again. As long as I'm at Cypher Christian Church, which I hope is a long, long, look at you, yeah, I hope it's a long, long time. All right. And so um, discontentment drives my spending and awareness drives my discontentment, right? Because, you know, we don't replace things when they're broke. Now we upgrade, all right? We upgrade televisions, we upgrade phones, we upgrade cars, and often we go into debt, right? And we spend all our extra instead of being a blessing to others. Today, today we're finishing up, finishing up. And the way we're finishing up is I'm going to unapologetically talk to you about a simple plan a new paradigm for your finances. Now guys, be careful because this is not bait and switch, I promise. I promise it is not bait and switch. God still wants something for you, not something from you. And if you think I'm telling you that, you know, and, and I, if you're a member here, giving to this church should be a priority in your life. Unapologetically, I say that, okay? If you're not a member here, though, I'm going to give you an out. You know, I'm going to talk about giving today. It is going to be a part of the plan. But if you think I've done bait and switch, give to someone else. All right. I've been straight up with you the whole time. I'll be straight up with you today. If you think I've tricked you into this last message, our sixth message to give the church money, then give it to another church, give it somewhere else. I mean that. I mean that. When we have a membership class, I tell people in the first session, if you end up not becoming a member of this church, I still celebrate it. Because if you move one step forward in your faith journey, it honors God, right? If you move one step forward in your giving, in your balanced journey, it honors God because God wants us to grow. Let's talk about the five uses of money for a few seconds or a few minutes. All right. The first use of money, we spend it. Y'all agree? We spend it. Second use of money, we save it. We save it. Uh, Is that right? Oh, we pay debt. Thank you, Christy. Christy saves me back there. First use, we spend it. Second, we pay debt. Okay. And and actually, there's a third one, right? Long before we save. So we spend it, we pay debt, and then we pay, at least I hope you do. I don't want to visit you in jail, federal prison, right? All right, we pay taxes. We pay taxes. Next, we save it. We save it. And last, we give it. Now, guys, this is the norm. This is the norm in America. This is the norm in Western culture. This is the norm in this room. It is the norm in this room. Now, before I go a step further, I want to talk about how the gospel comes into your giving. Let's back up to that quote, Christy, because the giving does involve gospel. See this. 
This is what underlies everything I've said for six weeks. The gospel does not create guilt or shame. You say, well, that's not true, Dale. I've left guilty several weeks. All right? That's not the intent. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God gives us truth to show us grace, not to guilt and shame us. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The message translation says that Jesus tabernacled. He pitched his tent among us, John 1, and he was full of grace and truth. Grace without truth is not good. Truth without grace is not good. All right? So it's not been my objective to cause you to leave with guilt or shame. The gospel does not create guilt or shame. The gospel inspires obedience and sacrifice because of grace and mercy. All right, let's go back to the five uses of money. We see all of them in front of us. The first one, when we spend it, That has to do with me, me. When we pay debt, that has to do with me. When we pay taxes, that has to do with me slash we, right? I'll say more about taxes in a moment. When we save it, that has to do with me, When we give it, that has to do with God and others. Guys, just look at that. I'm not making this up. So much of it, it's just common sense. Is it not? It is common sense. Third, third. Whenever we spend it, right? It has to do with me. And we have spending habits. Habits, that's one reason we need to be knowing where our money's going. That's one reason we need to know our income. That's one reason we need to know how much debt we're in. That's one reason we need to know how generous we are. We have spending habits that we need to know. Second, debt. Debt involves a system. You sign on the dotted line. You don't tell um, Honda American Credit, how ah, this month I'm not going to pay. I have my own system, Honda American Credit. No, they'll come get your car, right? You have an amortization on your home loan. It is a system. I love going through amortizations. They're fun for me. I know I'm weird, Right? Jessica, you like that. Yes, CPA, right? So that's cool. That's cool. System. Taxes. Now, you might hate the system, but there is a system. You know, is there not a system? I'm a fiscal conservative. Many of you are fiscal conservatives when it comes to government, right? I don't like our tax system. The new one's better, but I still don't like it that much. It's too complicated. Now, I'm not trying to put CPAs out of business, right? But the tax code is ridiculous. 
I often do, I do my own taxes. I have fairly complicated taxes. Um, and I often think, what do senior adults who have, who really are not where they once were, right? They're not up to date on life. What do the poorest poor who might not have the same education, how do they do their taxes? Well, I don't know. Apart from help, right? Got a lot of talking going on. That's okay. That's okay. But you know, kind of like percentage giving uh, um, several weeks ago, I said I have an answer. If when your income goes up, you don't like the percentage you're giving, I told you, I can just pray for you that your income will go down, right? And I tell people from time to time, you know, the fact that I'm paying the amount of taxes I am means that I'm making money. I'd rather pay taxes than not pay taxes. You get it? Last, giving. It's random. It's random. After I've spent what I want to spend on me, after I've paid the debt I have to pay because I've run it up, after I have paid my taxes because I don't want to go to jail, after I've saved what I can save, if there's any left over, then with the leftovers, I give to others and I'm a blessing. Does that sound like what God wants for us? I don't think so. I don't think so. I have an encyclopedia today, so just forgive me. You know, not really. I mean, y'all can laugh at that. I thought it was funny. Okay. <laughs> um, be careful with the next statement. God doesn't want us to have a complicated system, super complicated. Dan Ferrier and I were talking the other day. Um, the whole basic system, the basic paradigm of finances that honor God is very, very simple. I detest name it, claim it preachers. Detest them. That's about as hard as you're going to hear from me when I teach. And I don't like bashing other pastors, but I detest name it, claim it preachers. You know, if you want a uh, Ashton Martin, just name it in the name of Jesus and you're going to get one, right? I don't like that kind of stuff. Someone sent me an email the other day about name it, claim it on a jet or a helicopter or something. And, you know, and I could name the minister, but I won't, Right? So there, there is a mentality, a name it, claim it mentality that, that is abused. Senior adults are abused often. Um, the sick are abused. Pay this amount of money for this prayer cloth that you'll find healing. Or this water, we see that on TV, right? At one time in my life, I swung so far against name it, claim it that I was unbiblical. Did you hear that? Because you know what? You cannot, and I could give you numerous scriptures. That that's not my message today. You cannot get away from the fact that God blesses givers. 
God blesses generosity. I'll just quote one scripture. God loves a... Man, y'all are brilliant. I mean, that's pretty good. That was like unanimous. You hear that? God blesses. And so here's the concept. There is an... um, Ah, thank you, Christy. The way you handle your personal finances represents either an open door to your heavenly father or a closed door. Turn with me to Malachi chapter three. The way you handle your personal finances represents either an open door to God or a closed door. You see, we don't consult God In our giving, that's our leftovers. But when we want that promotion or that new job, we pray. When we're making a major purchase, we pray. When we're trying to sell our home or buy a new home, we pray. We consult God for our finances, even though we think, no, we don't. Yes, you do. The vast majority of you do, but we don't consult him on our giving. It is time for a paradigm change in our lives when it comes to giving. And it's not complex, it's very simple. God says, if you will put me to the test, if you will try this out, I'm going to open the doors of heaven to you. He says, but if you keep doing what you're doing, I want you to know something. And he says it bluntly. He says, you're robbing me. You are robbing me. I don't know about you. I don't want to be a God robber. That's what the scripture says. Now, let me establish the context. And in Malachi chapter one, the priests are offering up offerings. The people are bringing their offerings to the temple and they're bringing blind animals and lame animals. You know what blind animals and lame animals are? They're worthless. They're bringing their best to God because they don't want to lose anything. You know what God said? He said, shut the doors of the temple. Shut it down. If you're not going to honor me, shut it down. Read this later and take my word for it. That's what God says. He said, you wouldn't bring that to your governor. You wouldn't bring that to your president. You wouldn't bring that to the owner of your company. But you're bringing it to me. Shut it down close the doors. So guys, today, I just want to make it clear. I'm not going to hold back, but I don't want you to leave guilty. I don't want you to experience shame. I want you to celebrate the fact that God loves you too much and loves me too much to leave me the way I am. He wants me to experience life. This will not go on the screen, but I just want to back up one verse. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. These verses are in the context of grace. I don't destroy you 
my children, because I have called you into a relationship with me and I love you. You know, when my children live out of relationship with me, I've never once wanted to destroy them, to annihilate them. Now, I've wanted to wring their neck, right? There's a big difference in the two, though. So that's what God says about you and me. Look at verse seven. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Now, guys, that's beautiful. He said, you've chosen your way over my way. Would you just turn and return? Would you come back? Because I want to return to you. I want to open the doors to you. How shall we return? Will a man rob God? I think we'd all say, no. Maybe can a man rob God? No. God says, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now guys, in the Old Testament, you research it if you would like, there's three tithes, not just one. Israel was a theocracy, not a democracy as we live in. So I'm not emphasizing that you give either 23.3% of your income or 30% of your income. I'm encouraging you to give 10% of your income, not out of legal law, but because we live out of mercy and grace. As I've told you before, I've had many people argue with me and tell me, Dell, Christians don't have to tithe. And they're always arguing that Christians can give less or give whatever they want to give. That's so interesting to me. I've never once had anyone argue with me that we shouldn't tithe because we should give 11%, 12%, 20%, 30%. Do you hear me? Tithing is a great principle for our giving because it teaches us that everything we have belongs to God and it inoculates us from greed. We saw how dangerous greed was uh, a few weeks ago. How are we robbing you? You're robbing me in tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full house into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and therefore put me to the test. I could teach on storehouse tithing today. I will not. I give 10% to the church and I give other monies outside the church. I believe that's the right way to tithe, but I will stop there. That's the end of that discussion, okay? The beauty of percentage giving is that it's percentage giving. 
Let me get, I'm brilliant. Let me, let me just tell you I'm brilliant. Um, I can tell you right now, all of you are living on a percentage of your income. Is that not brilliant? That might have to settle with some of (laughs) y'all. All of you are living on a percentage of your income. You have to decide what percentage you're going to live on, what percentage you're going to save, what percentage you're going to give to the government. You don't decide that. They decide that for you. What percentage you're going to give. God says, give 10%. Stop robbing me. And I want you to test me. I am telling you, if you will test God in this matter of tithing, two months from now, four months from now, a year from now, two years from now, a decade from now, yeah, I, I, God's not a bubblegum machine, all right? That's kind of the name it, claim it thing. See, no. But I'm telling you, you're going to say, Dale, I cannot explain exactly what happened but I know my money goes forward. I know I'm more generous than ever before. I know I have less debt. And I know I feel more secure in my finances. And I know I'm blessed. And guys, all I can attribute it to is God. Because God longs to bless his people. Remember, God wants the nations around his people to say, wow. I can't explain it. But their God is awesome. It's not about us. It's about our God. God says, test me in this. If, says the Lord of hosts, test me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no need. I didn't write it. Malachi wrote it. I said it and I believe it and I'll always believe it. If we practice the principle God has shown us in his word, there would never be a need financially at Cypher Christian Church. There are many in our midst that believe that we push, we push, we push every year for giving because we have a deficit. Why don't y'all just quit spending what you're spending? I'm telling you, we are a frugal staff. When you have $60,000 in air conditioning that goes out, you fix it. Now, some of you say, well, you don't need to. It's too cold in here. Donna Duncan, is she here? (laughs) There she is. I can name many others. Paige Gallimore. (laughs) Stephanie Downing. (laughs) Jennifer Smith. Uh, Anyway. Throw that away. Let's get back to the subject. I'm even off the subject now, right? But God does want to bless us. And he wants his church to do that which he's calling us to do. And we always could do it if we had the resources God wants us to. That's not about guilt, guys, nor about shame. Sometimes we need to hear facts. And I'm telling you, that's a fact. And I'm thankful for God's grace and mercy. I'm not a perfect financial manager. I have debt in my life right now that I do not need to have, right? 
I've bought some things, some wants, not needs, and I have debt as a result. I hate debt. I think God hates debt. I do. There are some debts that are good. If you have money in a savings account and you can get 1.9% interest from your credit union to buy a car, keep the money, hang on to it, use cheap money, that's not a terrible idea. You might not like that I've said that, but I'm just telling you, I didn't check my financial brain in at the door when I started this series, okay? I, I, I know some things financially. Some things do not change though, guys. Here's another passage. These are Jesus' words. No one can serve two masters. This is Matthew 6, 24. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Satan. That's not what he says. The greatest battle in most of our lives are about serving money and material things are serving God. God says you cannot do it. And so he says, put me to a test and see if I will not change things. I love it, guys. I really do. So I want you to look, to make it simple, at the three uses of money and just pay close attention. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. The three uses of money, spend it, give it, save it. Let's make it simple. We spend it on ourselves. We spend it on um, debt. We spend it on taxes, but it's spend. Spend it. Save it. Give it. The first has to do with my kingdom. The second has to do with my kingdom. The third has to do with God's kingdom. God's kingdom. David Platt wrote these words. The goal of the American dream is to make much of us. The goal of the American dream is to make much of us. The goal of the gospel is to make much of God. I want to encourage you to flip it when it comes to finances. Flip it. Put God to the test. Flip it. I encourage you to give God's kingdom right? Save my kingdom. I I meant to get the statistics. I didn't get the statistics. I will depress you with some statistics first. Our country right now, the clock went to the debt clock at eight o'clock this morning. Our country is 21 trillion, 142 billion, 930 million dollars in debt. We are in trouble guys. We're in trouble. And so that's depressing. Any 20-something-year-old single or couple in this room can be a millionaire when they retire. I'm going to just call it 60 
It's called the rule of 72. Every 72 months, your money doubles if you're receiving 8% interest. I know you can't get 8% interest in a CD. You're probably going to be able to in five years. Can't guarantee that, but probably interest rates are going up and the stock market is phenomenal. Better be careful. I lost about $100,000 in the dot-com fiasco. My wife said you didn't lose it because you started out with 16,000. And I said, honey, take my word for it. I lost it, right? That's my mentality. Why do I say that? The rule of 72 is pretty phenomenal. Give it, give 10% to God, acknowledge that he owns everything, save it. You don't have a reason to be broke at retirement. And the third The third, spend it. Use it up. Use every leftover if you want to. Buy anything you want to. Dale, Kevin told us to use our extra. Give it away, bless others. You're blessing others as your top priority. Give 11%, give 12%, pay for someone's mission trip. Someone this week has paid for a third of someone's living water trip. They're giving $750. Isn't that cool? Do you think they're blessed? Someone paid for half of one of our trip attenders trip um, almost a year ago. And I brought David up because he's on the mission field for two years because he was blessed, quit his job. And he's serving in that community where he went with living water. But you see, you have a choice. I don't have a choice. I do about my finances, but not yours. Will I change my actions? Because behavior expresses beliefs. Not what you think, but your behavior Don't tell me, Dale, yeah, theoretically, I believe in tithing, but you don't know where I'm at financially. Well, I'll tell you right now, again, because I'm not a legalist, I encourage you to start with percentage giving. Quit practicing, go to the movie giving. Go to the movie is expensive these days, right? I'm telling you, a family of four could spend a hundred bucks at the movie. You say, no, no, I can't, Dale, because I, I fill my purse up before I go. <laughs> I went to the movie this week with, um, um, oh, I shouldn't admit that. That's terrible. Um, um, not the second thing, Brandon. I'm only going to say the one thing. Um, what do you call that? Kettle corn. A, one of those purple little bags of kettle corn. And, you know, I'm a... I've got to be knowing where my money's going, folks, right? But you can go to the movie and give more than you give in a month to the church. It's go to money, movie giving. You can easily do that. But if you give a percentage, it will change over the years. Start with 3%. You say, Dale, I'm in terrible debt. I don't want them to come pick up my car. Start with 3%, go to 5%, go to 7%, get to 10%. You might keep going because it's going to feel incredible when you're a giver. Jennifer and I look around at family members at times and, and we say, you know, how do they do that? And how do they do that? How do they do that? Well, they're spending their tithe on a boat. 
They're spending their tithe on a 15 acre lake that I'm going to fish in, by the way. So disobedience isn't all bad as long as it's their disobedience. I'm going to catch a nice bass, right? And they're right, Jack. That's right. Guys, y'all have been a blessing to me because y'all have laughed with me. Y'all have attended. Y'all have celebrated these themes. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And at the end of the day, giving, giving is not about shame and guilt. There it is. The gospel does not create guilt or shame. You say, yes, it does. That's not God's plan. The gospel inspires obedience and sacrifice because of grace and mercy. God is great. God's in control. He's faithful in the darkest night. He's faithful in the dawn. He's faithful on the mountain. He's faithful in the ocean deep. He's faithful in the storm. Would you consider honoring him with everything you are and everything you have? You will be most blessed if you do. Because God says, I will open the gates, the doors of heaven. And you won't even be able to handle the blessing you will receive. God's not a bubblegum machine. I'm not talking about name it, claim it. I'm talking about a way of life. I'm gonna ask our prayer partners to come forward at this time. Honoring God is much bigger than your money. Maybe you have a struggle. Maybe you're going through a storm and you want to pray for, uh, with a prayer partner today. Preacher preaches on money. It's like the preacher preaching on adultery. Who's going to come forward and, and pray, right? <laughs> so just if you come forward and pray, it, it doesn't mean that this is a money talk. It means you want to pray with a friend who loves you and wants to stand with you in this time, time of need. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your greatness. We thank you that you love us and you want the best for us. Father, forgive us for seeing you as a a God force in heaven that's waiting to knock us in the head every time we get out of line. We acknowledge that you are Father. You are our God. You are our Savior. You are our refuge. You are faithful. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. give you the glory and the honor. May we be a people that live for your kingdom and not for ours. May we be a people who give extravagantly to others, to bless others in your name. 
Use us, God. Use everything that you've given us, every gift, every resource, every talent to be a blessing to others. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word today. Move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Y'all go in peace.